Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in today for another really powerful topic. Di and I are thrilled to have Becky Felstead in the studio and we're going to be talking about diet culture and body image. Becky is a self-described truth speaker and truth seeker and for the past two years she's been making waves in the self-love and empowerment space as a speaker, facilitator and podcaster. Becky has a diploma in health and fitness and she's a personal trainer. So she sees firsthand how much women care about their body image. And that's what Di Wilcox and I will be discussing with her today because this also affects our children. Welcome, Becky. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great to be here. Di, hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. We always have you. We <laughs> having you. Um, Becky, you're on the front line of this topic. Um, let's have a little bit about your personal journey and family background before we get stuck right into it. And uh, because childhood's where it all starts. And I heard you say that you had non-diet parents. Yeah, I was really lucky. I think um, this really stands out when I speak to people. And it was something that I didn't actually know or acknowledge until I was... Um, in my 20s and really uh, going into seeing diet culture in society. So was really lucky when we were growing up, didn't notice, but we would go to, um, you know, like tree blockades and things like that. We'd go and be around a lot of nudity, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people accepting other people's bodies. And it was nothing, there was nothing sexual about it. It was all just people accepting each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, At home, uh, you know, mum and dad would say things if we would wear any kind of clothes, oh, you'd look good in a paper bag. There was always lots of really positive praise there was never anything um, negative about our bodies and very lucky that mum never talked about her body in a negative way and neither did my dad or my brother. Um, and I do think you never know why you are the way you are or why you have a positive body image, but mm-hmm. but that kind of stuck out to me in my 20s as something that was different to other people's upbringing. Absolutely. Yeah. Listening to you, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And, yeah, so as well, there was, like, something to, to point out is mum, um, like, we'd be at the, the kitchen table and, you know, there'd be food there and mum would be, uh, would you guys like any more greens? And before we'd even had an opportunity to say yes or no, it'd be on our plate. So it was, like, always good food, nourishing food. So it was mm. never any question of good or bad food. It was, like, you're having this and, um, you know, it's going to nourish you. Yeah, and tell us a bit about your what you're doing. I know there's photography in there and your podcast and your speaking engagement. What, what are you up to? Um, so funnily enough, I've mentioned that um, Di and I uh, have worked together before at the West and mm. um, was a really pivotal point in my journey where um, we were attending Gourmet Escape. There was a shark attack. And um, and for anyone listening overseas, Gourmet Escape is a really big event, uh, tourist event down in the southwest of Western Australia, all about food. Fabulous chefs fly in from all over the world. Um, they set up amazing event locations with teepees on the beach and barbecues on the beach. So Becky was photographing that when you got called called away. Yeah, and I mean, we were really lucky having a great time, I think, Mm. weren't we? And then, um, so unfortunately got called away uh, to something as um, drastic as a a shark attack. And that was a pivotal point in me being a photographer, changing from... um, 
I felt really helpless when this young woman had just found out that her partner had passed away and realised that I, I wasn't helping by taking those photos. And, and, and that was where the change came of realising and understanding that I really want to make a change and want to help people instead of, you know, being the Feeding, background. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that was really pivotal. And I don't think we've had that discussion no, before. No, we haven't. So thanks for being haven't. a part of that. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... I then became, I went traveling, then became a personal trainer um, and didn't realize what, you know, would, would entail when it comes to um, people's lack of knowledge around nutrition, uh, people's uh, real self-hatred and body hatred when it came to working out. There'd be a lot of people, men and women, working out to punish themselves or because they'd gone out the night before or because they'd had a piece of cake. It was never to nourish their body or for mental health. There was a lot of people who did, but the, for the majority, I didn't realise how detrimental... The payoff and the payback. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it was like a, a um, punishment. So I was lucky to do that. And in that... Um, got to see that I wanted to make a bigger change in mindset and um, helping people with their understanding of their body image and loving themselves. Yeah, well, that's great. So we can't wait to hear more from you. And But we'll start off, when we talk about diet culture, what exactly is it? So... Um, I think dietitians, non-diet dietitians would, would probably say it's our obsession as a society to be skinny over mm. being healthy or our obsession over our beauty, um, mm. our obsession with diets, our obsession with food not in a healthy way, our mm. obs- uh, the obsession that there's one way to be and that's it. Um, and it comes uh, with, you know, social media comes on, you know, TVs. It comes with discussions with each other talking about mm. only being skinny, that being the goal. And once you get to that, you'll be happy. So yeah, that is so diet true. Diet, diet culture and body image affects so many of us, men, women and children. As adult role models, our actions are now affecting children at a younger and younger age. We're seeing more children with body image issues who are not loving themselves as they are. Very, very sad. And um, Mission Australia has done a survey and found that one in four young people have serious body image concerns. And body image was recorded as one of the top four personal concerns of young people. And while it's predominantly a female concern, there are many males who are also affected. Mm. Um, Children who are dissatisfied with their body image are at higher risk of developing serious mental illness, including eating disorders. And our culture which is what Becky's been talking about, it sends a subconscious message to us all the time about body image and appearances. And our children are exposed to thousands of messages on billboards and TV and computers, magazines. Um, and, you know, you go to a public toilet, you close the door, there's an, you know, another form of advertising. It's in our faces all the time. Um, and then they're hearing from adults who are their number one role models about how you should look and Mm. their fear of their own appearance. And this is really affecting our children. So if you even look at the toys our children are exposed to, Barbie Barbie and Bratz, um, there's always, you know, when I work in high schools, we talk a lot about Barbie because we say if Barbie's body was real, she wouldn't be able to have children. She'd topple over because her boobs are too big. Um, You know, we we talk to kids about the the, um, reality versus the... The fantasy of toys, and but we're exposing our children to this. We are so moving on from that, Becky. Society places such a huge emphasis on appearance over good health. 
doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. massively. <laughs> I think, like Di was saying, we see it in toys, we see it in um, everywhere. You you literally can't escape mm. it, and until you acknowledge it and see it and and see it for what it is, you you become consumed by it. I think. Yeah, and social media is probably really the worst now. Oh, I it's think because kids outage. are just. Um, but how do you feel about the whole social media? Um, well, definitely when we do our workshops, when I'm speaking to, like I've got um, uh, my younger niece and nephew when we're, they're far too young for social media, but you get the older kids who are talking about what's happening on social social media. You can do your very best at home as a mother, a parent, a father, mm. or whoever's, you know, the guardian. Um, but essentially uh, it's social media that's like sometimes bringing up the kids and um there's filters now. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah. Um, there's that filter yeah. where people are acknowledging how it's making you look perfect. This idea of perfect. And Naomi Wolf is a really great. Um, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's yeah, she's amazing with her quotes. Her you know the beauty myth and. Um, talking about it being you know a sedative for if you're so worried about what you look like your appearance whether your skin is perfect you know perfect none of us have perfect skin whether you are tall enough skinny enough you know you're you're losing sight of what life is about and Mm. happiness isn't going to be um derived from constantly worrying about that so social media definitely i find my i'm very lucky but i do find myself going down a comparison route sometimes i think we all do yeah some people listening might laugh at this but i came across an app that blew my mind the other day and you could put your head so a male could put his head a photo of himself and and you could choose which six pack you wanted and the app would alter your photo so you look oh, like you had a six pack. Oh, but the the mm. the problem with that is our children seeing it, they're looking at images that aren't even real. No. And so you can't achieve something that's not real. Mm. So they're putting pressure on themselves that's actually unachievable. And people pretending that it is. You know, like there's not enough discussion definitely around um, on social media around it not being real and and really calling people out when they're not because people are getting used to seeing their own face like that. So when when they see their own blemished skin, which is perfect as it is, uh, they're completely taken back because... They don't even accept themselves, so That's it's like so going true. down a vicious circle. Yeah, yeah. We all do. and and lighting and all those things mm. make a difference. But you, we do. We, we we get a photo back and we go, oh, I want it to be. Oh, I don't want it to be like that. Yeah, it's never. Yeah, it's good never good enough. But Di, I think the scary thing is, I was reading that by the age of six, girls in particular will start to express concerns about their own body weight and shape, and. If that's the case, then this unrealistic body image and the culture attached to it is really having an effect from early on. Mm, do you know what's really scary? I know you mentioned the age mm. of six, but do you know there are uh, children as young as three who are concerned about their body image? I had one child brought to me because um, she was worried about the bumps on her bottom um, and she was three years old. So we've got children oh. looking in the and mirror that and not from? feeling... Well, I, as I've said, Parents. this is usually because a parent is influencing them. And so we say this all the time in our podcast, but a parent, you are your child's number one teacher, number one role model. And children will pick up the most subtle body image messages, like when you ask your partner, do I look fat in this outfit? 
Um, or if you're constantly in the bathroom mirror squeezing your fat, um, fat rolls and complaining about your body fat, constantly weighing yourself, um, watching every calorie intake that you have, your child is watching all this. So you are actually teaching your child um, that body image and weight is, is really important. So when you meet a little girl, how often do we make the comment how beautiful or pretty she is rather than what her inner attributes are, how mm. smart she is or, or how clever she was to do something? Uh, so when we make comments about appearances, we're actually telling children their self-worth is, um, is aligned with their aligned appearance. With their appearance. Mm. So if you're not pretty enough, what hope do you have in this world? Mm. So we need to change that those conversations. I think I noticed that um, my grandkids' school, they go and they did a thing. I think it was last term of what what were the favourite things people liked about you, and it, it all focused on kindness. She's very kind. She's generous, yeah, caring. Awesome. I thought that was great. There was, so there is some some awareness out yeah, there at least. But I think awesome. we have got a brigade of um, you know particularly younger mums who are as you're talking about, obsessed mm. with the body and, image. And it's making that change, I think. Something that um, I do at the Quit Your Bitching workshops is a compliment train. So, And the rule is that you can't compliment on anything physical. It has mm-hmm. to be those attributes. Yeah. And learning how to accept a compliment and give one yes. that isn't physical. And it's a really big challenge for people to do for, you know, I'm getting women from like 18, 17, 18 up to 50 years old yeah. um, who have struggled their life to be able to take or um, give a, a compliment. compliment that's not physical. And like you said, with the, the young young women, and on the flip side, the young men constantly get, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh, are you going to be a you know a rocket scientist? And uh, they're constantly talking about, you know, sport Hi, and things. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a gendered thing, totally. Can we just wind back to quit your bitching? Yes. I love that. You like that? <laughs> yeah. The concept behind yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so where it came from, I, I'm, a, I'm a big meditator. I'm, I, I'm always trying to be grounded and, you know, find my purpose and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but uh, I was meditating, coming up with these events that um, were essentially a workshop style from the uh, podcast subjects. So on my podcast, I talk about all taboo topics, so things that people don't want to talk about, i.e. Mm. diet culture money, um, race, religion, sex, all that kind of stuff. And I needed a name for the events. And I thought, what is the concept behind this? It was, it's around diet culture. It's around self-love. And the, the point of it was quit your bitching, which was being kind, quitting your bitching to yourself mm-hmm. and in turn quitting your bitching to others. Because usually... You know, people generally say how somebody speaks to you is a reflection of themselves. So if, if their internal talk mm, isn't good, then yeah. you're, you know, that's you can see it with your, their talk to you. So that's where it came from. Oh, I think it's great. Mm. So, Becky, with prepubescent and teenage girls or teenagers in general being bombarded with diet hacks and unrealistic body standards that we've been talking about, how do we begin to turn it around? And how, how can we parent without this negative diet culture? I think um, I don't have all the answers. Definitely, you get really, to die for yeah. the big answers, but I'd like your perspective. No, yeah. It's um, it's a really you know like being a parent is the hardest job in the world. I'm I'm not a parent. I haven't had any successful pregnancies of yet, but I I haven't gone down the path of being mm. a parent as yet. Um, but I now have such compassion for my mum and my dad because I see that they were growing up while they were helping us grow up, um, and I think. 
Changes that need to be made uh, and I think that are happening at the moment are the language, like Dyer was saying, yourself, mm. both the Dyer's were saying, makes it easy when you names, um, that, yeah, language around yourself, how you're speaking to yourself. Even when you catch up with your girlfriends, how you're speaking about each other, how you're speaking about friends, the bitching that definitely, like, you know, as, as a mother who's been at home with, or sole caregiver who's been at home with the kids for most of the day, um, you might not have some adult conversation and you might just want to let down your guard, not have to teach your kids something and have a, you know, like a let down your guard and have a conversation with one of your girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And if it's not productive, kids are like sponges, right? So they're going to implement and start to mimic what you're talking about. So mm. it's hard because it's like you have to it's edit role, yourself constantly. Role modelling, yeah, role modelling. Dyer's always talking about yeah. role modelling. And, and then I think as well in schools and social media like we were mm. talking about, um, I think uh, men and women who are teaching, uh, men and women doctors, it's really deep-seated in fat phobia in when you go to the doctor. I've been in a doctor's surgery before and watched a young teenage woman go into the doctor. Um, she wasn't the ideal uh, weight based on BMI, which I can talk about that. That's mm. BMI is completely false, doesn't work, but they still use it in the medical system. Mm. Um and I don't want to put, uh, you know, like fear in people or anything like that, but that's still getting used by doctors and people go to GPs for nutritional advice. And unfortunately, they only have 23 to 27 hours in their seven years of study about nutrition. Um, and in this doctor's surgery, this young woman came out with the young doctor and the doctor was quite exuberant and was talking about, oh, I'm having a fat day today. Oh, I feel so fat. And oh. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just said, I was like, it's probably not the place. Not no. the place, and but where's where, you know like who am I as a patron or somebody going in? I don't have a, a doctorate, mm. um, but I sometimes feel like that in my study and in my you know like experience as a personal trainer, seeing what it's like, have a little bit more nutritional knowledge than yeah. some people who you would and assume some would have that. Empathy yeah, empathy and compassion and Because love. we're not all the same shape and no, size. That's and right. that, we're not that meant to be. No. Yeah. 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 What not. a boring world it would be yeah. if we all yeah. looked exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. But, and yeah. skinny sometimes gets like... Like skinny doesn't always mean no, healthy. Either, exactly. No. But also, Di, you're in a you're in a smaller body than some people, and I can imagine that you'd be on the the flip side of that. Where, but sometimes people might uh, say, "Oh, just be, you know, like would be on at you because you're in a skinny body." And you're like, "This is my body." Yes. You mm. know, like I have no it's boobs. Never, you can't um, win. And I'm the exact I'm straight up and down. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. And, and you're and busty and voluptuous and like amazing and yeah. loving that. It's yeah. just, well, not always. See, I, I'm I'm probably as obsessed as the next person, but yeah. I'm trying to be healthy about it and I'm realistic because I'm going, number one, age creates things. Number two, it's genetic. Yes. And I look at my mum who had a great body image and grew up with Marilyn Monroe and all that, and mum was very voluptuous and she was very comfortable in her own mm -hmm. skin. Did you know Marilyn and Monroe not... was a size 16? Yeah, at one point I think she was. Yeah, and yeah. Every, all the presidents but, wanted her. Every, yeah. All the men, want, and I tell young but, girls this yeah. all the time: you don't have to be skinny. And beauty's in the eye of well, the beholder. I think too. that's coming now too. We've got butt implants. There's, there's all these but weird, it, yeah. wild things. But again, it's dissatisfaction mm. with what you've got. But um, yeah, but getting back to my mum, she just had this great thing. But they weren't bombarded back then. And mm. sometimes I think I look at my body and I go, God. I actually look exactly like my mother did at this age, right to every cellulite dimple, like exactly. Well, and I, I actually said to my doctor, yeah. talking to doctors, 
Because he said, well, it'd be good if you lost, you know, I'm not telling you to lose weight, but probably be good if you did. And I said, what about genetics? Because I look exactly like my mother. I actually have a very healthy diet, still exercise, not as much as I used to, but I really feel like it's an uphill battle now. And you're still getting that, that thing of you need to be slimmer or, oh, it's terrible. Do you know what's funny? It's, it's a, your self-perception, you know, because mm. when I look at Di, I, I'm only always in awe of her. Like, she's just so beautiful and so you are oh, absolutely gosh, gorgeous. And, <laughs> and you will find a lot of women think that. So I think it's just because media really pushes so the skinny look at from time to time that we're all going, is that what we're all supposed to be? Well, yeah. But I think now they are, like on catwalks, for instance, we're getting all shapes and sizes. We're getting people with disabilities on fashion runways. I mean, it, it's great. It is turning. But I think it's still so ingrained in us. Mm. And mm. you've got two teenage girls, die. I how do. do you, oh, no, a teenager one well, yeah, a 20, I have, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I how do you manage that? Well, I have a 23-year-old who used to hate her body because... Um, myself and her sister are very straight up and down, quite quite skinny, and she has quite a strong athletic body. And it took some time for us to work with her and say, you are healthy, you are strong, you are beautiful. We had to really work on affirming her because she was being surrounded by girls in the high school, um, you know, all dieting and, and having eating disorders. And uh, both my girls love their food always have loved their food and um, I think we've always eaten well and exercised as a family but when we exercise we don't exercise to lose weight we exercise to be strong mm -hmm. and that's a really important message I think I've always given my girls um, and we have quite a lot of photo shoots as a family because of the work that I do and people want to see your family and I always make the, have the conversation with my girls wow how many photos did that take for us to get the perfect shot because mm. I want them to understand that we don't wake up and look a certain way, you know, mm. for photos. When you see them, mm. or people have put a filter on them or edited them, we talk about that. Um, things that happen on TV or in magazines, constantly having those conversations. Um, I do encourage my girls to always dress with a sense of pride. I think mm. the way you... You show yourself should be the best version of yourself regardless of body image um, because I think if you feel like you're worthy and you dress because you you have that sense of worth, you put that out into the world. And I think that's an important message for kids as well. So we're not saying don't care and don't care about your looks uh, Yeah, because some people say that too. They yeah. go, just do what you want. Who cares? But there's no respect. obligation to be other people's beautiful. I think. No. Yeah. And, and like, so it is all about your own perception. Feel good yourself. Yeah. yeah. And if and also sometimes feeling good one day is going to be different to feeling good another. You might feel, abs you know, like I put makeup on today. I was questioning, shall I wear makeup? Do I want to wear makeup? Do I feel good? And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, and do I want to wear, you know, like I got dressed for today because I felt like it. But I, I, I am very lucky that I, I don't feel that obligation that I have to dress mm. nicely to to have that worth. And, and it's good that you're instilling that in the girls because um, the, the whole concept of that... Uh, you can tell somebody's health by the size of their body or and then even if you how you mm. dress in that body uh, is completely false yeah and you know? covid might have done something good there because people have relaxed their mm. attitudes towards dressing yes. they're not wearing makeup every day so i think a lot of people actually become they might have, you know covid kilos but they've um, become more comfortable diet. yeah it's another diet. they've become comfortable um, 
at home just being relaxed and gone, maybe I don't have to put so much pressure on myself. Oh, so much but, energy and yeah, focus on it. Yeah. And even the, the, the point you brought up before about Marilyn Monroe being, um, you know, like all the presidents wanted her, remembering that you're not getting dressed for anybody no, else. You're not getting absolutely. dressed to attract a man. You're not getting mm. dressed to attract a woman. And it's really important, very hard very hard mm. to want to do things for yourself because we're constantly comparing and things like that. But So, Becky, I'm glad you brought that up because the reason we share that with teenage girls is because many of them believe that boys will only have a stick figure girlfriend, right? Um, whereas when I talk to boys, boys are like, I want a girl who, like, loves it. She's just comfortable in her own skin and wants to have pizza with me. You know, so yeah. teaching mm. girls that um, there are some famous people who weren't stick thin and they were still, um, mm. you know, admired. And mm. um, I think it's that sort of message we're trying to get across yeah. them. I totally agree. You don't dress for anyone else except yourself, yourself. Yeah. and know that you're worthy to look and feel good. Just be the best version of you. Yeah. yeah. And Di, is this body image ideal affecting boys as much as girls? Yeah, look, boys can feel that they don't have enough muscles or the six-pack abs, and they may feel that they're not tall enough. That's another thing that boys struggle with. But research study has also found that underweight boys are more likely to have depression than girls. Um, body image is part of your child's self-esteem. So if children don't like the way they look or are dissatisfied, their self-esteem is going to suffer, and that's when they make bad choices in life. When you've got low self-esteem, you don't believe you're worth hanging around a good group of friends, you don't believe you're worth doing well at school and getting the good job because your self-worth is so low. So it's really mm. important that our kids' self-esteem is high. Yeah. And Becky, how do you work with your clients to improve their self-image? And you mentioned self-talk, and that is a crucial factor, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, there's, there's like... Uh, not an order that you have to go in, but it's really detrimental mm. to get the basics right. And and self-love is such, if you've gone, you know, like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of not liking the body that you're in, yeah, of constantly you... having subliminal messages. Mm. Um, something that I talk about with people is... Um, even the use of the word like underweight and overweight. So what weight are we talking about? We're talking about the, the studies that we're going from is um, BMI. So studies that have been done for centuries are around BMI, which was, so BMI, but, but, um, basal metabolic index is based around um, the height and weight of you. And it was created by a mathematician, not a physician. So somebody who's not interested in the body, somebody who's interested in numbers. And it was created for insurance purposes so that under and overweight people could be categorised. A really important and valuable thing, I'll get to my point, I promise, mm. is in 1998, the, the normal category, so if you went over, was 27.8, was brought down in 1998 to 25. So people who were one way, one shape this night, the next day were classed as overweight or over obese. Nothing yeah. changed in their body. The number changed. Yeah. So all of these statistics, everything mm. that we're going off has been based around this ideal body weight mm. and um, overweight and things like that. There's, there's athletes who not don't have an ounce of fat on them who are classed as obese and overweight based on BMI. Um, so I make sure I speak to my clients about that, that that a lot of the time, and even with parents, it's not you. Like, we have to do our best with what we've got, but understand that it's not your fault. You are constantly being bombarded by this and you're doing your best. Um, I think we're going to talk about it after, but with yeah. with um, in the gym, I would see a lot of the time that 
um, it would be challenges in the gym that I was uh, working at. And I'd be the first person that this person in their 50s or 60s had ever talked to about nutrition in their entire mm. life. And the thing wow. that we all have in common is mm. no matter what, you know, like height, weight, gender, what colour your skin is, which country you're f- from, you, we all eat food. Yes, in some countries a lot less and in others we're a lot more affluent and lucky, but we all eat food and there's not a basic knowledge of nutrition for human beings and that blows my mind so why don't we have that it makes me ask questions as to why that isn't important as maths science english in school it should be it should be detrimental and this isn't the teacher's uh responsibility this is the curriculum curriculum and this is a government you know like it's a government and it i hate to point fingers or say it's them and their fault but there's this innate like lack of knowledge when it comes to basic nutrition so we're going to go rogue so we, so as a teacher, we teach the um, the, the food groups. I know I've got the pyramid. Yeah, the yeah. pyramid. Fridge, got the yeah. food pyramid. The problem Which we have like it. Well, <laughs> is if parents, if parents yeah. are not educated, yeah. Mm. So a child can learn at school what um, they should be eating, but if they go home and open the fridge and there's no nutritious food in it, and they're given a packet of Twisties and a Coke mm. for afternoon tea, or in many cases in schools I've taught, kids come to school with a Coke and, and a packet of Twisties for breakfast. It's, it makes me Is really it sad. Real? It tr- absolutely horrendous. happens. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of listeners right now will be nodding their heads saying, yep, that happens a lot. Um, so children, because it's cheap. It's, it's much, yeah, lower it's socioeconomic. Cheap if you get yeah. a pack of Twisties and a Coke, yeah. Yeah. go to Hungry Things, Jacks. Or, people yeah. are time poor and people yes. are unfortunately don't have money. Like in lower socioeconomic, there's... there's um, there's definitely the lack of understanding around nutrition but also they are possibly and like this is an assumption they are possibly working several jobs you know that there, there might not be um two parent figures there might not even be one parent you know like this this child is trying to learn the best they possibly can just to survive let alone have good you know nutritional uh, and when you're knowledge. hungry you'll eat anything yeah and but you think that it, coke yeah. is yeah you see even... all the athletes you yeah. know, and don't alcohol. have it in my house. That's one thing I don't have no, in my house. No. You know what? When I was a kid, I was I set up the pattern of yo-yo dieting, and it has been a lifelong thing for me. And then also being a model was horrendous. That would have been so much my first diet, I was twelve years old, and I think it was the Israeli diet or the grapefruit diet. So we did grapefruit and hard-boiled eggs. That was where I started at. Now, what that does, and then when you come off that and start eating again, so all through my life it's just been one constant thing. I'm intermittent fasting at the moment, which I think is actually quite good because you have a give your body a break and then it does seem to work. It works for you. But, but it is, it's just you set it up for life and we really have to break that. We really do. I so agree. how do we maintain it without all these gimmicks, Becky? Um, Is that too hard a question? Again, no. Well, I mean, I don't have the answers, and mm. and and I think it's really important to acknowledge that every person's different. And like mm. with yourself doing intermittent fasting, that's not going to work for some people. Back in mm. the day, there was intermittent fasting. Like you know, hundreds of thousands of mm. years ago, mm. there was that kind of style. We're all from different places. Our um, blood is made up of so many different Mm. countries. So there's things in my understanding that are uh, better for your body that aren't going to be great for my body. Mm. Um, Also with the diet that you're talking about, people are restricting. Uh, I've got a family member who who I I wasn't aware until I'd, you know, been around them a lot that isn't eating enough food. There's this 
there's this misconception that if you eat less, you'll lose weight. Mm. And that's, you know, the goal to be skinny. But the, the matter of the fact is... Yes, if you want to, you have to have calories in, calories out, and I hate to talk about calories. That's what it is, though. I think yeah. the doctors say that. It's energy in versus yeah. energy out. Yeah. If you take in too many calories and you don't burn off enough, then yeah. that's that's your basic problem, which is probably... But people are in such mm. a calorie deficit that their bodies mm. are under such stress. Holy and with your grapefruit and your eggs, love me a grapefruit, love me some eggs, but you're oh, going to be not. so hungry and you don't yeah. want to eat them at I one can point. still remember that. That's a long time ago. Yeah. But you're traumatised. I was traumatised. <laughs> you would have been hangry. Yeah, sure. And you, you don't make great decisions when you're hangry, no. do you? But all I wanted to do was lose weight. I remember yeah. getting the mumps at school before we were vaccinated. At 12. And... Do you know what I came away from that, Mike? The best part of that, the silver lining, was eat. I lost five kilos, yeah. and which was ten pounds. Babe. Did you get complimented? I can't remember that. I honestly can't, but I do remember going. That bad yeah, yeah, I do and remember so whatever going. Whatever you've been doing, I was so sick and my face was so fat, but I lost some weight. Yeah, it's awful. Well, and talking about that as well, when I would have my, when I was managing at the gym, I would make sure that we had young guys who worked at the gym, uh, and young women, and we'd talk about language. So instead of walking up to somebody who's clearly dropped kilos or gained muscle, you mm. don't say, oh, my God, you look amazing, because they could very well be unwell. Yeah. They could mm-hmm. have got sick. They could be going it's through true. stress. They could yes. be... You don't know. So it's first asking that, hey, how are you going? What what if, what changes have you made? And they will then tell you mm. if they... Um, you know, have then, it's okay to compliment people. It's okay to compliment, you know, you don't want to become too PC that you can't mm. tell someone so they look beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that not being the only goal and being mindful that you're not, um, like you were saying, re- like reiterating, do whatever you're doing at the moment because it's working and they're like, cool, I've, I've started anorexia and bulimia and I'm now on the grapefruit and the egg diet. I'm I d- to keep doing it. I read a whole thing about it before doing this podcast because I thought I'll just you know, see what's out there. And there was a lot about that, about not praising people for mm-hmm. losing weight, um, very much so. So glad you talked about that one. Die. a little bit more about the foods. Mm. We all try to make our kids aware of the differences between healthy foods and unhealthy choices. Most kids know that sweets and chocolates and ice creams are a treat. But if we focus on this too much, are we already setting them up to crave these things more? You know what's scary is one in three girls as young as five have an Mm. unhealthy relationship with food, such as restricting the amount of food that they're eating. And um, as parents, we need to promote a healthy relationship with food. And we speak about this all the time, but again... We are our child's number one role model. Sorry, I mm. keep saying that, but it's just so important to get through. Mm. They are watching our eating behaviours, our attitude to food, our weight and our health. And we need to explain that nutri- nutritious foods are always available in the home and make them look attractive. You know, so mm. so you've seen some of those Instagram posts of mothers doing, I know we're a time poor, but, you know, cutting up some carrots so that's already pre-prepared yeah. in the fridge for kids to grab. Um, explain to children the difference between everyday foods and sometimes times foods don't use words like bad food junk food and I noticed Becky's been talking about this or worse still toxic food Mm. Um, and allow children to eat sometimes foods in moderation Um, and I think what's really important with a healthy relationship with food sitting around the table to have a family meal shows kids Mm. that Food is more than just for eating. It's a way to connect and socialise with people. And that's developing that healthy relationship with food. Um, Don't use food. This is a big one. Don't use food as a reward. 
You know, mm. when a child does well, you give them a, give them some candy. Mm. Or when a child is upset, because what you're doing when you give a child a sweet treat when they're upset is you're actually teaching them that food will help them manage their emotions mm. and you set them up for comfort eating later in life. That's a good point, Di. Mm-hmm. So do you think parents are too focused on kids' hunger and eating patterns? And what I mean by that is, so for instance, if you've got a thinner child, some people automatically try to get that child to eat more because mm-hmm. they think they're too thin. And they're trying to restrict overeating in kids who might be carrying a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. And I know that kids all go through times when they seem to want to devour everything in sight and then they'll go through times when they're just not interested Mm -hmm. in food. So we tend to say things like, oh, they're having a growth spurt. Should we just be trusting our kids' own intuition when it comes to their hunger? Should we just like take a chill pill, step back? And because sometimes kids will come in and they're ravenous and they'll they'll eat from the minute they get home from school Mm. almost till bedtime. But then another day, or then I notice I might get up in the morning and go, oh, I'm not that hungry this morning. I think, well, probably because you ate the whole house last yeah, night. You, you know? don't have anything. And, and if there'd been more. But so mm. this is we, such a good question because yeah. when you pressure children to eat, your child is not learning to listen to their internal cues mm. of hunger um, and, and even fullness. And then this leads to that unhealthy relationship with food. So as parents, we need to talk to our children about how their body feels when it's hungry. How does your body feel um, when it's feeling full? Mm. And then allow children to eat as much or as little as they, they need to. So that's yeah. about, yes, yeah, trusting you got intuition. The old thing of Mindful. you have to eat everything on your plate. That's yeah, right. probably no, full, they don't. That's they're right. full, that's it. That's right, yeah. but here's the trick. Don't allow children to go into the fridge or the kitchen whenever they want to. Have a routine of meal and snack times so mm. that they know these are the times. If I'm feeling hungry, now's my time to eat. Or if I'm full, I can wait until the next time the, the food comes out because what mm. you're doing is you're making sure that they listen to those internal cues. If you allow them to just snack whenever they want, they're not actually listening to internal cues because a lot of kids will eat because they're bored yeah, that's, or they'll that's eat it. because they're upset. Yeah. Mm. So those routines are really important. Okay. Becky, back to you. You've got a really gorgeous, positive view of your body. Um, and as you mentioned, it's from your upbringing. And how do you maintain that? Is it constant self-talk? Are you are you one of those people? Are you practicing what you preach on yourself? Yeah, it's subliminal. Like I, yeah. I do. I'm very lucky. My sister and I have are in different bodies. Um, she's very mm. busty, and uh, I'm I'm not that busty, and we have completely different body types. But something that she brought up um, was we were when we were younger, we were about twelve years old. We were sitting out the front of a shop in a small town, and 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 there was a, a young man who came up to her and just said, "You are freaking ugly." And fat just came out with oh. it, right? And something that came from that was both her and I looked at her and I was like, "Is this stupid? Can he see what mm. we can see? No, you're not." And she was like, "I'm not." Yeah, oh, that's not. brilliant! I love so it. constantly mm. having a cheerleader, and mm. you know, like you've got to surround yourself with people who talk about it positively. And some people don't have a beautiful mm-hmm. sister like myself, but she brought that that. Um, uh, incident up with me years down the track and I didn't realise that I'd been there to be able to be her cheerleader. I think that's the best thing I've heard all yeah, week. That's just made my week. Faking yeah. it Somebody's, till you make it. Yeah, but he said you that and yeah. she said no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. Thank you. I and, love and it's funny because years later talking about oh. the president, years later he tried forgot what he'd said because words are so easy 
easy to say, mm-hmm. but easily forgotten mm-hmm. by the person who said it. He tried to, you know, crack onto my sister when she got into her teens and she became a lot more busty. But, um, like, the reason why um, uh, I bring that up is because it doesn't matter what body type you're in. If you not fake it till you make it, I don't, it's, fake is a strange no, word, but yeah. like, you know, if you tell yourself you're beautiful, there's in the and industry, truly the moment, believe it. Yeah, believe yeah. it. And, and, uh, but, 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 have somebody else's faith until you believe it in yourself. So yeah. mirror work, telling yourself that you're beautiful, telling yourself the things that you really do like about your body. Mm. Yeah, you might not like your tummy at the moment, but what has it done for you? You know yes. what I mean? It gives you those cues. And talking about being at the table is like mindful eating, What mm. being around the table and, and, and really listening to your body's cues and um, mm. trusting that your body is the most fantastic and amazing thing that has ever been invented. And we still have no idea idea what it's capable of Mm. um but i wanted to go back as well to a point that you brought up about the the grapefruit and the egg diet really Mm. has stuck with me since you mentioned it (laughs) and that you were 12 and i'm sorry that you had to go through that um but i just it it brings back to what we were talking about how when you're restricting you you want all the things that you can't have so literally restricting Restricting anything, restricting yourself from having, um, if you enjoy chocolate, there's a reason why you want that. A lot of the times the cravings that you've got are telling you that you might be low in magnesium. Mm -hmm. You might be low. Your body is so smart and just having that trust for yourself is really important, really hard to get to. I'm actually hardwired, and we won't talk about my diet history, but I'm hardwired now to not look to sweets I will enjoy the odd piece of chocolate, but I have trained myself to not go for cakes and sweets. And what does it, what, if you were to have some, what, how would you feel? I immediately put weight on. Do, would you feel bad? Would you feel like you had broken the rules and stuff? I I mean, I'll have a bit, but I I will feel guilty. Yeah. And Mm. if I go out to dinner and I have a dessert, which is not a lot, but you know, you do, um, Guaranteed, the next day I will put on a kilo. Well, what? And I'm, it's that? probably come from my mind because it's it's not fair. And I go, it's so no, it hasn't unfair. come from your mind because it's, it's actually society. my body is no, but my body has actually physically put on the weight. But if I then do the even thing. weight, weighing yourself and stuff mm. like that, like every your day. weight fluctuates <laughs> really? from the morning. Okay, day. we have to. Can we make a promise in this room now that we're not going to? Uh, because it doesn't matter. And mm, if you weigh yourself oh, in the morning to the yeah. night, mm, I'm gonna. I've got yeah. your mobile number now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but weighing yourself, because it, mm. it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. The weight doesn't matter anymore. But I feel we, better we when my even... weight's lower. That's the problem. When I get on the scale and it hasn't gone up, I go, okay, we're good. Di, we don't even have scales in our house, and the girls and I will walk around quite comfortably nude in our house and not worry because yeah. I'm trying to have the girls feel comfortable in their own bodies mm-hmm. and I don't we've never had scales so they've never had stood on them to weigh mm-hmm. themselves and and you know what it's so long as you're healthy and you feel good and you're strong where does it come from where why do you feel because it, oh, and look, like the chocolate think, feeling comes from somewhere too oh look this is probably another podcast for another <laughs> day or we need a long lunch and some wine and <laughs> and, um yeah I it is really another day, this yeah, one, because yeah, I think it's, it's 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 also, and I think um, it's a person who is prone to putting on weight mm. and who's been brought up in this society. Yeah, that we're, everything we've been talking about, I am probably a product of it, and mm. I'm trying very hard not to be, mm. and becoming aware, and also getting older, and you put pressure on mm. yourself. So mm-hmm. we're constantly bombarded with these useful, beautiful images, and I'm really grateful that I had a, you know, had a great youth and, and did lots of things and felt good. And 
it's there's just so many pressures for mm. so many age groups for so so many shapes and sizes so and, and the fact what's bothering me and that's why we're doing this today is that it's affecting our children, children. now mm-hmm. we need to this, act now these you know let let's forget me because it's too late now i've just got to drive <laughs> off into the sunset but um and feeling good about it. and i have accepted i'm going you know what at the end of the day I am happy and I want to put on things that make me happy. Sometimes I can't wear what I'd like to wear because of the size. So that's another issue. So then I go, I'll find something else beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'll find a beautiful handbag or a great mm-hmm. pair of shoes. Love my earrings. I so love it's your all about yeah. It's all about finding um, pleasure in things that make you happy. Absolutely. And 100%. so that, and I'm not the expert here, as everyone knows, but that that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Di, I'm going to give you the final word. Mm. Um any other advice? Oh, I think the final thing I would say is start teaching your children how precious their body is as far as what it does for them. You can run, you can jump, you can swim, you can mm. you know, all these amazing things. And, and one thing for girls, girls are always wanting this really flat tummy. Now, that little bulge we get at the front of our tummy, that's our uterus. That's that's there so that when we're older, we can we can carry a child. So you're trying to get rid of something that is, is there for a really beautiful reason. Necessity. And um, our bodies are, are built... To, to give us this amazing life. We need to appreciate it, look after it, not be so judgmental of it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Becky, you've been amazing. What a great guest. Loved Thank you everything so you've much. had to say. Love quit the bitching. I'm going to quit the bitching with myself. Yep. Yes. And cheerleader in your thing. corner. Yeah, yeah. You're, no, we're all your cheerleaders. I, I hope everyone's really enjoyed this as much as I think we have, Di. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you, you again, Becky. Becky. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.